Greetings, everyone. This afternoon's Bible reading is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 1 and going through to verse 14. Ephesians 1, beginning at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfilment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good evening, everyone. Good to be at church with you tonight. My name's Prash. I'm the senior minister here at St. Stephen's. And a very warm welcome if you're uh, tuning in for the first time. Maybe you found us on the feed this evening. Stick with us. Uh, We have a short service tonight, but there's lots of great things here. Also, if you're a regular and you celebrate the Lord's Supper with us, we'll have that after the sermon as well. So uh, just a note to to prepare accordingly. Uh, Now, this month, August, is what we call Vision Month here at St. Stephen's. It's a chance for us to think about, you know, how how we're going as a church and whether we're we're heading in the right direction, so to speak. It's a bit strange doing it in the midst of a pandemic, but I think there's value in that. Uh, and part of Vision Month, there's a couple of ways you can participate. Of course, you're online today with us. Fantastic. Uh, you can also um, join a Connect group. Connect groups are a great place to talk through um, life, read the Bible together, pray together. And our Connect groups will be studying, uh, doing studies and reflections based on our material from these sermon series but they'll be filled with multimedia and interactive components because uh, they're all online on Zoom at the moment. So I encourage you to be at your Connect Groups. You know, if you're, if you're struggling at the moment with lockdown, Connect Groups are just essential, I think, 
for uh, maintaining contact, having a vision for what God's doing, even in the midst of this. And finally, actually, we're doing something a bit different during August. They're called Winter Devotions. And uh, there's a slide here. Let me click my... There's a slide. Uh, Winter Devotions. These are little short, like three, four-minute devotions released by the staff on Monday, Wednesday and Fridays at three o'clock through social media or through our website and you'll get a link in, the, in an email tomorrow. If, you're in, if you don't get emails from us, you can put in a Connect card tonight and the link will again come up on your feed and you can uh, send us your details and we'll add you to the list. But these are just going to be part of helping us to keep reflecting on what God has to say. Now tonight... I just want to reflect a little bit on that portion of Scripture from Ephesians. The reason is that Ephesians is actually a book all about what the church is meant to be like. And we want to ask ourselves this question. What does a healthy church look like? What does a healthy church look like? Because actually Vision Month is all about that, I guess, setting our minds to uh, answer the question of, are we healthy? Are we a healthy church? Are we going in the right direction? And in Ephesians, Paul, the writer and apostle of Jesus, who met Jesus, uh, is writing about what makes a healthy church. And in this first chapter, he lays down the thing that's most valuable about God's church. Now, I wonder what you might have thought that he would say that. People, uh, their, their, their kindness, their goodness, their generosity, all of those things are, of course, so valuable about the church. But Paul says something very specific. See this in verse 3. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It's interesting, isn't it, what he says there? A very specific focus. The, The thing that's most precious about the church is that it has been blessed, he says, in the heavenly realms. And he says, We have received every spiritual blessing. Paul says, even before any of the material blessings, any of the material good things about a church, a gathering of God's people, is the spiritual reality. See, so I guess you could say the key question, actually, for a church to ask is, are we spiritually healthy? Are we a spiritually healthy church? That's so important. And, and actually, some of us might think, oh, is spiritual health Like, spirituality, isn't that a bit kind of weird and religious? Like, aren't we kind of enlightened people? We don't really believe in spiritual stuff. Uh, But you know what? I want to say, actually, most places in the world, you go to Latin America, you go to Asia, you you go to um, Africa, people have a place for the spiritual realm, absolutely. And so what the Bible's actually talking about is something that is actually transcultural, Uh, If anything, actually, the limited vision is our own Western kind of post-enlightenment vision, which doesn't really think about the spiritual things. But the spiritual things are really important. How we relate to God is very important. The great creator, the great supernatural being of the universe, how you and I as individuals relate to him is so important. And so the key question, actually, for us as a church is, are we spiritually healthy? This is such an important a realm of life. Now, here on this screen, I've used this, this uh, image before, actually, at St. Stephen's. Uh, on your screen on the right are a whole heap of circles. Uh, they're all different kinds of groups. They all have value. They all have a place and a purpose in our life. 
But what I'm trying to suggest to us is that the church, at least through the lens of the Bible, is something that's responsible for something wholly different. It's responsible primarily for your spiritual welfare. And the question that's important for the church is, is it spiritually healthy? And this, this is important for us as a church as we think about our vision and whether we're heading in the right direction. You see, our priority is, are we growing people spiritually? Are we making them spiritually healthy? That's the thing that we particularly have to offer to someone. Are we focused on the spiritual things, the spiritual needs of a person? Now, if our question is, are we spiritually healthy and are we helping people to become spiritually healthy? Of course, the natural next question is, how do you become spiritually healthy? What do we need to do? And, and I think Paul senses this in the little section that we've read from Ephesians because he says the church is the, the recipient of spiritual blessings. The question is, how do they receive these spiritual blessings? And he answers them. Look at these three and four, verses 3 and 4 uh, in our reading this evening. He says this. Again, I'll, let me read verse 3, even though I read it before. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. I've underlined it for you there on the screen. In Christ, in him. You see, we receive spiritual blessings, but we receive them particularly when we're in Christ, when we're in him. In fact, that idea repeats throughout this whole section, being what theologians might describe as united to Christ, joined to Christ, having a great solidarity to Christ. Actually, theologians might have come up with a term for it, but Jesus came up with such a great image for it. In John 15, he says that you need to remain in him, and he uses this image of a vine and its branches, and he says, you know, you need to be grafted into him. I don't know if you're green thumb and you do any kind of gardening, but if you graft a plant in, what you do is you take the weaker, smaller sapling and you join it to a thicker stronger, more mature plant. There's a little image there on the screen of how you might do that with a sapling. And eventually what happens is that that smaller sapling grows and has life because it's actually living out of and as a result of the larger, stronger sapling. Jesus says that's how, that's what it means. It means to live out of him, to live off him, to draw all your meaning, purpose, value out of him. Now, interestingly, the small sapling no longer lives off its old pot, and neither can you if you are united to Christ. You find all of those things which energize you from Christ. How do you live off Christ? How do you join yourself to Christ? How do you unite yourself with Christ? Well, Paul, suspecting that we will want to know whether we've done that rightly or wrongly, answers that very question in verse 13 of tonight's passage. Here's what he says. Uh, And you also were included in Christ. That's, you know, you also were united to him. How? When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You see, what Paul is saying is, you know that you've been united to Jesus when you've heard him and you've believed him. See, being being united to Jesus, when you join all those things together that we've just listened to and we've read in the scriptures and from Jesus, is this. You meet Christ, you hear Christ, you hear what he has to say, you believe it, and then you live off it. 
You draw all of your meaning, your purpose, your value, your significance from what Jesus has to say, what he has done for you. This is so important. There's a real precision here to what Paul's saying. Because you see what's interesting is, even if you came from kind of Asian, African, um, you know, a Latin American culture, you believed in spiritual things, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're spiritually healthy. I was listening to a, I was, I was speaking to a, a young lady the other day. She's about 20. She uh, believes in crystals. She uses crystals, which is very interesting because I've never really had much to do with crystals before. So I asked her, why do you have crystals? Why do you collect them? She said, oh, it's really important actually to have a spiritual spiritual component to your life. I really applaud that because I come from a slightly older generation. And in that generation, uh, we, we don't really think much about spiritual things. I really applaud her for having a sense of the spiritual realities. But it's not enough to be spiritually aware. This is, this is Paul's point. It's not enough to be spiritually aware. Actually, spiritual awareness can re- result in spiritual anxiety. Am I right with the great God of the universe? Does he, does he know me? And will I be okay if he does know me? See, spiritual awareness might just result in spiritual anxiety. No, what you want, what we need is spiritual assurance. And the reason that Paul is praising God is because when you're joined to Christ, that's exactly what you get. See what he says in verse 7? In him, that's in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. See, Jesus, Paul is saying, when you're joined to him, he guarantees that you are forgiven, that you're redeemed, that you're valuable in God's eyes. In fact, when you put your faith in Jesus, you know that God has loved you from the beginning of time. From the beginning of time. He's chosen you. That's extraordinary. You can have spiritual assurance. That's how you get spiritually healthy. Now, here's the thing for us as a church. Spiritual assurance has got to be the thing that we most want for people. It's got to be the thing that's our absolute priority. And it means that every one of our activities, every one of our energies, must ultimately be directed to people meeting, hearing, believing, and living off Christ. As we think about what it means to be a spiritually healthy church, we need to be people who are all about pointing people to Jesus. Now, in our vision statement, maybe, maybe you've never heard of it before, but here it is. We long to be a church made beautiful, diverse and large by the gracious work of Christ. I, and we're going to talk a lot about those first two lines. So I just want to reflect on that last line there, by the gracious work of Christ. We, we are a church which recognises that health, the health of our church, the fruitfulness of our church life, is only possible because of Jesus. Only possible because of Jesus. And so everything we do is aimed to bringing people to meet Jesus, to meet him, to know him, to hear him, and to live off him. Now you might be saying to yourself, well, that's well and good, you're a minister, and so of course you're concerned with spiritual things, or you're a church, and therefore you or your concern is spiritual things. But I just want you to see what the great benefit is actually of Jesus' work. This is what Paul says in the final, part, the final thing I want to say. In verse 10 he says, the effect of this is that when the times are reached and the fulfillment of Jesus' work is done, 
He will bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. See, Jesus cares about what happens here on earth. He cares about the material things. But what he's saying is, unless you have dealt with the spiritual realities, then those material things will not truly be resolved. Our need for love, our need for assurance, our need for acceptance, our security, all those things that material things seem to provide, they will not be dealt with until our spiritual realities, our relationship with God is dealt with. And, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been injured. I remember injuring myself quite badly when I was playing rugby many years ago and uh, I dislocated my shoulder. And until the coach put my shoulder back into its socket, I was in so much pain I couldn't move my arm. But as soon as that issue was resolved, I could move my arm and, of course, I needed needed physiotherapy and all that stuff, but my body was on its way to recovery. We as people cannot be on the way to recovery, on the way to wholeness unless our spiritual needs are dealt with and that's what Jesus is here to do and so actually what we're saying is this is not just relevant for us as a church as important as it is it's actually relevant for every person every person needs to be spiritually healthy and this means that the church's vision a church that is beautiful diverse and large by the gracious work of Christ a church built on Christ, a church made spiritually healthy by Christ, a church that longs to make other people spiritually healthy is a church that benefits not just itself, but the world that it encounters. It means that our vision is a vision that benefits not just ourselves, but every single person who encounters St. Stephen's. And so I want to call us at this point, once again, to be a church that wholly, wholly rests on Christ. I'm going to pray for us. And after I pray, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper, which is a great moment of, of expressing our belief that we need to live off Jesus. We need to feast off him. We need to draw all of our sustenance from him. But first, let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time together tonight. Thank you for your word. Lord, help us to draw all of, all of our sustenance, to live all of our lives off Jesus, knowing that he offers to forgive our sins, to redeem us, and to assure us that we are right with you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.